Do you have something inspiring to say? Have you always known that your voice can contribute to the world? Is now the time? Yes, now is the time. The world is waiting for you. Welcome to the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. Today, we have an inspiring guest who is ready to share their voice with the world. Now, on to the show. Woo-hoo-hoo! Good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have another inspiring guest for you today, and it is going to be a rocking show, so hold on to your hats, sisters. We're going to go. Today, I have Alan Jones Alan Jones with me today, <laughs> and we are going to be talking about everything, Alan. And I'm telling you, if you've ever heard Alan, you may really want to, you know, sit back, maybe ask the kids to leave the room. I don't know. It's going to be crazy up in here. So before we get Alan on, I would like to read you his bio so you get to know a little bit more about him before we dive in deep. So Alan knows that more is possible for everyone if they're willing to choose it. Two key themes for Alan for everything he chooses in life are whether it will be a kindness to himself and the world, and whether it will create more for the entire world. More what? More expansion, more deliciousness, more sexualness, more fun, more joy, more excitement, more money and allowance. More of everything for everyone. During a session with Alan, you get to choose what would you would talk about, I can't talk very well yet this morning, sorry, <laughs> become more aware of where you've been limiting yourself and explore possibilities and choices that you've never considered before is now the time for you to explore your deepest, darkest closet and allow who you truly are to emerge resplendent. And I don't know that word. Isn't that interesting? And in sexy and delicious acknowledgement and allowance of everything you are. Wow, that is so potent. Alan, welcome to the Open Mic Spotlight Show. You're welcome. It's resplendent, yes. I don't know I, I don't know. I wrote that, but I don't remember <laughs> writing that word resplendent. It is not one that is normally fills my vocabulary. So what do I know? What do I know about resplendent? <laughs> no. So thank you. Thank you, Christine, for inviting me to come and talk about me. <laughs> I get to talk all about you and get to know you. I've been having so much fun, Alan. Um, as you know, I've been interviewing all of these amazing hosts here on Inspire Choice Network. And what's really fun for me is all of these hosts have been on the network now for at least a year, if not longer. So I know them pretty well. You know, I listen to your shows. I participate in the shows all the time. And yet during these conversations, I get to know you even better. And I, that to me is so much fun. So I'm glad that this popped for me to start doing this with each of you. And I'm excited to see where we'll go by the end of the show with you. So, Alan, first of all, if people want to get in touch with you, they can do so at your website, Alan, A-L-U-N-Jones.com. Um, where else would you like to send them? They can find me on Facebook, um, either my profile page, which is Alan, so again, A-L-U-N, so go to Facebook and it's Alan.ChangeAgent. And I also have a business page there, which I'm desperately quickly looking it up as we speak. As we speak. Don't you worry, can find we can me on, it. And it's called the, can... page, the Facebook page, the Facebook. They're listening to me, I can't even talk properly. It's your fault, what are you doing to me? It's Facebook <laughs> is Inspiring Awesomeness is the page. So okay, you go to, cool. Mm -hmm. 
inspiring, awesome, awesome. Okay, mm. so we will bring that up, and we'll have it also in this uh, recording uh, write-up. So if you are listening and you want to check that later, it will definitely be on the Inspired Choices Network page. So, Alan, let me ask you a question. Mm. What What is inspiration to you? Oh, God. Now, I knew you were going to answer that, and I was, I've, been, I've been playing with that for all morning. So, what is inspiration for me? Inspiration, inspiration for me is a kind of an energy of invitation. There is this kind of um, excitement energy that is almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word where you can't not choose something? What's that? What would that be? You know, like, uh, like it's like you irrefusible. Can't resist it. Yeah, irrefusible. Yeah. Yeah. And so inspiring for me is when you when I'm being something and it's not so you, like I used to think inspiring was something that you got from other people. They inspire me or that inspires me or you know you know something like that. A book inspired me. Um, and that's true. And all of those things can inspire me. And for me, you know, it, it can be as simple as seeing someone doing something kind. It can be as it can be as huge as as somebody creating something. So, like Dane here's book, uh, being mm-hmm. you changing the world, inspired me to get out of depression and start to make different choices in my life. And there are so many different ways that that inspiration can show up for people. And I and I do really get we don't often acknowledge the inspiration that we be not just for other people but for ourselves you know that time Mm. when we're kind to ourselves and it just when we do that when we are kind to ourselves and then there's that wow when I do that my life gets so much easier and that's the invitation that we can be for ourselves to to keep choosing that and to and to share that with other people if that makes sense yes so so what I'm hearing you saying is that what is inspiring to you is when you inspire you. Often, yes. And I, I, it's only in the last year that I've really been willing to acknowledge that I can inspire me. It's always been an external thing, always looking outside of me for the inspiration. Right. How can you be a gift to the world? How can you be an inspiration to the world? which is what, you know, many people in, you know, kind of the kind of work I do desire to be, if you're unwilling to acknowledge or to where you inspire you. Well, okay. is it unwilling, Alan, or is it that we've been taught that inspiration, like you said, is outside of us, that we haven't mm. been nurtured to actually look at ourselves as the inspiration for ourselves? Yeah, very much so. We, you know, we don't value, we're not taught to kind of really value who we are and, you know, what, just by being. It's not even that, you know, I value me because I'm a great accountant or I value me because I'm a great facilitator or coach, whatever. It's like, it's not even that. It's, do you know what? I value me just because I'm me. I get that the universe values me just because I'm me, just because I exist. By my mere breathing, and this is the same for anybody listening, by you merely breathing and being and existing, you cannot help but contribute to the universe. And, you know, that's a great gift. And it's it's often imperceivable for people to realize that, that actually 
just existing can be an inspiration to people. Mm-hmm. I was talking with um, Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Burns doing the open mic. We, we pre-recorded her session yesterday. And one of the things that Rhonda talked about was, and, and so did Tamara actually when we, we did it on Wednesday, was, you know, vulnerability. And mm-hmm. um, when Rhonda was talking, she really talked about, you know, being very present with someone and really when you're looking at them, really being present and really being in that moment. And I'm wondering how many of us are not willing to be really present with ourselves. You know, yeah. we, may be, we may be looking to be present with others and we miss the most important person to be present with, which would be an inspiration in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I get that a lot of that is because we have so much judgment of ourselves. You know, we bought and we, we, you know, we buy judgment as real. We buy it as meaningful and significant. And we don't. We don't acknowledge everything we be because there are so many things that other people have told us we're wrong about. You know, being right. a woman, being a man, you know, whatever kind of, you know, kind of partner we have, where we live, what color our hair is, the size of our body, you know, <laughs> all of that yeah. stuff. We think I can't be present with any of that because somebody's judged it as bad or wrong. And even the stuff, you know, say if we had no judgment of anything, would there be any parts of us that we wouldn't be willing to be present with? I wonder. Wow. There's a huge energy just came up there. Holy yeah. moly. Wow, my whole body just lit up. Holy. Being actually present, if there's no judgment of ourselves, actually being present with ourselves. How many people absolutely do not believe that there's even any part of themselves that is lovable and that yeah. is, you know, valuable and therefore it's not an inspiration? No. No, you know, we're value in this reality is often what you do for others and, you know, what is decided as, you know, kind of uh, how much money you can make or how much money you're worth. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, you have the almost kind of the reaction to that, which is, is, well, money isn't worth anything. And if you can make money, then you're not valuable. So you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you can use your gifts and talents and you can make loads of money of it, you're wrong because money, you know, because the, the kind of the more... I'm going to say this, the kind of the more esoteric type people in that kind of movement have a tendency to judge money as bad and wrong. And then if you have people who are willing to make money um, and, and be paid for for what it is that they're offering, however they choose to do it, you know, it's like um, they don't necessarily value some of the other stuff like kindness. You know, where's the value of kindness in this reality? We don't, you know, it's just like, oh, well, everyone should be kind. There's no, va- we don't value it. <laughs> it's just a justice, well, you know. I, I don't believe that, I, I think a lot of people don't believe that it's actually real. No. Because no. there is so much, you know, kindness is often quiet and uh, unintrusive. And mm. um, arrogance and um, bold judgment is loud it screams at us and you know when someone's being kind they often do not um shout it from the mountaintops they they you know even um we have i don't know if you have it in england alan but we have random act of kindness days okay and it 
it's supposed to be secretive. So you're not supposed to tell the other person that it was me that was kind to you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that just shows that, you know what, when I'm kind, I'm going to be whisper and I'm going to be, I'm going to be shy about it. And I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, mm. it's a secret. So, yeah. so t- tell our listeners, Alan, when was it that things started to, to first shift for you? Like you, you mentioned the Being You book and um, you struggled with depression in your life? Yeah, most of my life. I didn't even realize, um, oh God, where do I start? Most, like, like many people listening to your show, most of my life I have felt completely and utterly wrong. And in our radio show on Monday that Tamara and I did, the, you know, uh, the Playground of Possibilities, I was talking about that, that almost in the back of my head, I had this drum in the back of my head going, what am I doing wrong? 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 Wow. No matter what I did, I couldn't shut that drum up, right? I could muffle it. I could shove it behind a door. I could do all sorts of stuff. But it was always, always there. And so for the whole of my life, I just had this absolute utter wrongness going on, no matter what I did. And there are times when I could drown it out so loudly, and it was almost like I had to make as much noise doing everything else in my life as I could, so I could drown out this wrongness that I still felt. And it just gnaws at it. Used to it gnawed and gnawed and gnawed at me. And in and you know, eventually, there comes a point when you have to deal with it. You have to look at that drumbeat and go, "What the hell is that?" And what did it for me was back in, it was 2012, and I remember the day specifically, you know, I'd had suicidal thoughts for quite some time. And the reason I I, <laughs> I know how close I was to it was I, I felt perfectly rational. I, I didn't tell anybody. I wasn't kind of desperate. It's like, oh, well, okay, then I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I know exactly how I'm going to kill myself, and I'm just going to find a day to do it. And it was just so logical. Yeah, there was no. It was right. just actually quite scary. And I remember sitting on the on the sofa, and and this is the kind of the first act of kindness that I ever really acknowledged was was a kind of sitting on the sofa. This pitch kind of pitch black at half past four. It's, it's in the winter. It was dark. It was cold. The lights were off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. That's it. I'm going to go run a hot bath, grab a knife, and and I'm out. And uh, what stopped me was, oh my god, if I do that. Bill, who's my partner, will come home tonight and he won't get home until about half past nine. Um, the house will be cold, it will be dark, and then he'll find a dead body in the bath. And that that thought of that is such an unkindness to him because he's not expecting it. He had no idea I felt the way I did. It, it, that, that image of seeing someone with their wrists cut laying in the bath dead, I mean, yes. that, that's just not pleasant. Like, okay, do you know what? I can't do that to him. And that was when I made a demand of me to to change, to change something. And it wasn't until later that I realized that actually just what a huge kindness that I was being in that moment and acknowledged its kindness rather than seeing it as a frustration of, God, I can't do that. <laughs> if that wow. Sense. Wow. That's, that's very potent. And I don't, I mean, many of us have had, you know, similar thoughts um, you know, I've talked about my own, where that moment changed for me. I didn't see it the way that you've mm-hmm. seen it. I I really love the way that you're looking at that, and and I'm I'm glad that that popped in. And thank you, Bill, for being in yeah. in Alan's life. Yeah. Wow. 
Sorry. I don't know why there's tears coming up right now, but there's too many of us in the world that are struggling with this judgment of ourselves and too many of us that are not seeing the kindness that we be in the world and for ourselves. And, um, well, you know what? That's part of the reason that I started this network because we need to change this shit and and we are. So I'm very grateful for you, Alan. And um we're gonna go to break while I wipe my eyes. <laughs> and okay. uh, when we get back uh, the the host will be composed and we'll dive deeper into this amazing guest, Alan Jones, all about Alan. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. <laughs> Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Did you ever have a sense of curiosity and wonder as a child? Have you traded that in for following the rules, conforming to the expectations of others, validating the status quo and getting it right? All of that is the perfect formula for doubting you. What if creating your life without judging you or your choices is closer than you think? Join the conversation with Tamara Yonker and Alan Jones, where you're invited to trust what you know to create, what you desire with more fun, more possibility, and more magic. On the Playground of Possibilities radio show, anything is possible and everything is play. Tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now back to the show. Okay, here we are. We are back again. I am composed. I am ready to go. <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for being so vulnerable and sharing all of that with us. Um, You're welcome. It's not always easy, but you know what? That Just sharing that with us is a kindness because I know that you've changed someone's life by doing that today. So thank you so, so much. So, Alan, my next question to you is, what is important to you in the world? What is the greatest thing that's important to you in the world? In this 10 seconds, I just want to say hello to Tamara, who's just tuned in. (laughs) (laughs) She's my homegirl, and and she's very important to me in my life. So, you know, and she'll probably tell me off for making things important, but she is. Tamara is important. Um, What was the question again? (laughs) 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 It's all good. It's all good. What is important to you in the world? Do you know, it's really funny because, um, you know, again, most of my life, the most important thing was survival. 
up until the last couple of years, survival was uh, was really important to me. And it's only now that I'm starting to look at, actually ask that question for me. What kind of world do I desire to live in? What kind of world do I desire to create? What kind of world, you know, what is important to me in the world? And, do you know, since finding the, or using the tools of access consciousness, what's been really what I found is really important to me is trusting me and my knowing and you know if I look at the five elements of intimacy so vulnerability gratitude allowance trust and honoring and what's really important for me is having all of those for me and I know that may sound kind of incredibly selfish to some people but and you know what that's okay from my point of view if I don't have those things for me I cannot be the inspiration for other people because it means that I'm not willing to receive all of me it means I'm not willing to trust my knowing about what else is possible I know Mm -hmm. that what is possible is a world where kindness prevails and judgment is obsolete if I have one overriding aim for anything I would love to create in the world that is it and I I require to have vulnerability with me, which means all of my what's really important to me is having all of my barriers down and my willingness to receive all of me and look at all of me. And you know, just you know, we talked earlier on about the bits that um, kind of acknowledging our inspiration. And unless you know, we stop making bits of ourselves wrong, we're not going to be able to do that. So vulnerability with me, trusting my knowing, trusting my awareness. And, you know, being in total allowance of when I get it not so good. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. That not immediately beating myself up. We know we all do that. And even, you know, when I find myself doing it now, I gratefully have the tools to start to change that. And that what's important to me is not to make myself wrong and also not to make other people wrong for having a different point of view. You know, I did a, a post on Facebook yesterday I think it was which was you know where do we get off on making other people wrong for not fitting what we've decided is right and true for us and our reality and until we we really begin to acknowledge that everyone has their own reality that that is is true for them and we can't make them wrong for it and not making ourselves wrong for not matching theirs or having something different, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're ever going to have kindness prevailing. But you know, it's possible. It's totally possible. It may not happen in the next hundred years. It may not happen in the next hundred lifetimes. And you know what? I'm at the moment. I'm committing all my lives <laughs> to creating that on this planet and anywhere else I be. Mm-hmm. So that's long-winded. No, no, it's good. I mean, I think that you know, a lot of people have been taught that there is a right way and that there is a wrong way. And in order to survive, which you were talking about, you know, that was a big part of your life, as it was mine and many of our listeners, um, in order to survive and really begin to be happy, which most of us have never been happy, is Mm. we have to get it right. And once we get it right, we can then start to be joyful like all those other people, whoever those other people are. And yeah. so we're compelled to be looking for the right and the wrong so that because we're always reaching for the joy, right? We're always desiring greater. And yet we're encapsulated in this heavy judgment and right and wrong which keeps us locked down from the very thing that we desire most. Absolutely. And 
it, it's like um, you know, right and wrong is a judgment which you which you know many people who are listening will actually know that already, and judgment isn't real. And yet, you know, it's like, so how do we function in a world where probably 95% of the people function, and might even be more than that, function from the space that there is a right and there is a wrong. And, you know, they defend against it or they resist and react to it or, you know, all of that stuff. And even even as I talk about that I get so caught up in the kind of insidious insanity of it that it's so distracting that I can't even you know it's like I I find just like come back out of that space if we stop making right judgment real and we stop making anyone or anything right or wrong including ourselves what else would be possible if we let go of that that, yeah sorry go I, I, I just think you know Something you say you've said several times today, and and that I hear people say all the time, and I I get an awareness of is you said judgment isn't real, and most mm. people go, most people go, what the hell are you what? talking about? Yeah. What What do you mean judgment isn't real? Like that doesn't make cognitive sense, right? No. So it let's break that let's break that down a little bit. What in in other words? How can you explain that judgment isn't real? What does that mean to you? Okay. Best, the metaphor that kind of immediately pops to my head is something that I learned while I was doing my NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And they used to say, the map is not the territory. And basically what they meant by that is you have this map of, of you know, an area and, you know, or, you know, you, I say, let's say I draw a map of where I live here in Blackheath and I kind of write the kind of on this map where things are. And then I ask somebody else to drive, draw their map of um, of Blackheath. And they're kind of similar, but they're not quite the same. Okay. And then somebody else draws a map and then somebody else draws a map. And you've got all of these maps which kind of look like each other, but don't. It's like... Who's right? Which one of those maps is right? Which one of them is wrong? And so it's a, it's, it's a point of view. Judgment is just a point of view. Right. And, and you know, it, so it's like, so where am I making your point of view about what Blackheath looks like more real than my experience of what... And doesn't make that your point of view wrong. It doesn't make your map wrong. It just means, hey, look, this is the way I see Blackheath. That's the way you see Blackheath. And that's all you know that's what really matters but we seem to find this need in this world for everyone to come to agreement so that everyone can agree that this is black heath and i just don't get that that's helpful because right you you, you know i maps will change all the time they will have to because the land is is changing all the time you know black heath is changing all the time you know different bits are changing there's roads being put in you know and all of that kind of that's the best kind of example i can give is right our, our points of view create our reality and just because i have a different point of view about life it doesn't mean to say that you are wrong but if i make your point of view so real and relevant for me it kind of stops I, me from having my experience of where I'm living. I, I love that example of the map. I think that's the best example I've ever heard. And I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Like, like that's fabulous. So to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit and say that that is real for you. Yes. So, so your 
your map is real for you. My map is real for me, right? Yep. The next person's map is real for them. So it, it's I, I don't know if the word, I don't know if the sentence saying judgment is not real is actually changing things as much as it could. I think that what you said about the maps changes it even greater. Maybe it's about relevant. It's like, where do I make other people's maps relevant? It's like, it's not relevant yes. to me. As long as I have my map of how I'm going to navigate the world. And and, the, and for me, my map is always changing. So it's like, okay, so what else can I add to my map? What bits of my map actually do require changing? Because, mm -hmm. you know, my points of view that I have now are not necessarily the same as points of view as I had last week. So it's right. like constantly looking at my map of my reality and saying, right, okay, is this map still true for me? Right. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, and sometimes, you know, we can, if we're not willing to be present with, with how we've decided our map is, you know, all of these other bits and pieces we've bought from other people about what this map is and what it isn't, that's about always being in the question um, and being willing to look at our map without making our map wrong. Saying, oh, right, wow, I, I used to have a park there, and now that's houses. So, you know, nice. then I, yeah, it's like, or oh, I thought there were houses there. Oh, look, and now there's a park. It, it's that kind of thing. It, it's always being in the question and not making somebody else's points of view greater than your own, not making them wrong for it and just saying, oh, wow, okay, that's awesome. You know, you want to go and live in those houses and I want to live in the park. That's, that's cool. <laughs> right, we, we don't. We don't necessarily judge somebody if they want to move houses or they want to build a park or they want to, right? We do, we're in allowance of it. So that is mm -hmm. the key. It's to, it's to be an allowance of your map and my map. And, and hey, that's what, and, and as Eleanor says in the chat room, is it all based on preference and non-preference? I think it's based on what we desire because if, if yeah. you're in the in judgment of someone, if you're saying that, you know, this person is wrong for A, B, C, there's something about that that you are enjoying. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because what would happen if we, what would happen, say, let's look at that. What would happen if we never made anybody else wrong again? What would, what would change in our life? If we knew. You know the first word that came up? What? Bored. We'd be bored. You're right. We love the trauma and drama. We love the trauma and drama. Well, you know, it's like I mean, if you look at, if you look at, <laughs> yes, I'm doing my loved cake. If you, um, if you, if you watch TV, there is. I mean, Bill and I were watching TV last night, and we've got because we have cable TV. We were just kind of scanning through to to find. Uh, something to watch if anything or we were just going to switch the TV off and you know, we've got something like a hundred and something channels and we're just looking at all these channels going really and most of them were violence or horror or drama or reality uh -huh. TV and you know that's okay if people in John enjoy it then you know that's okay I, I act in some in some ways I don't really have a point of view but I was just looking but going oh my god and we wonder why we get so stressed in life and so caught up in these fantasies right. of what is right and what you know and and most of these programs are full of are full of judgment and points of view about making somebody right or wrong and we just switch the TV off when we don't, you know, we don't actually watch TV that often. Uh, but, you know, when we do, it's like there is rarely stuff that we will watch right. purely because it is just so full of people making well, other people right and wrong and full of the trauma and the drama. Well, that's what, 
Yeah, well, that's what the market bears, so that's why they're delivering that. So yeah. it is what we are addicted to. It is what turns yeah. us on. And it's what we, I, I, I believe that it's what people feel that they require in order to be fully charged and alive. Well, you know, my mother used to say, um, and she's a trauma and drama expert. You know, she 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 watches EastEnders and and these are kind of soap operas. I don't know if you have them over where you are, but we have Coronation Street yeah. and EastEnders and a whole heap of these things. And she watches them because they're escapism. And I'm just looking, going, escaping from what? Your life is like this. <laughs> just the irony of her. I'm going and and. You know how she kind of almost reenacts these things that go on, and then she talks to her friends like, "Oh, you know, and did you watch Coronation Street and blah blah blah?" And he's doing this, and it's really wrong. Alan, and I'm, and, and, and I'm like, "Wow, Alan, you're going to crack up on this one." Guess what I do? The last thing I do before I go to bed at night. Watch a soap opera. I watch Coronation Street. No, really? Wow. <laughs> I don't you know. The last... I don't you know why. For me, there's a couple of shows that just, you know, my mind is going, going, going a lot all day long. And and seriously, when I watch a couple of these things, it just quiets my mind and I sleep really well. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that you said Coronation Street. It's, uh, I, you know, I think the last time I watched it, Elsie Tanner was alive. And it, it, I'm not sure if anyone will know what that means, but... She was the last time she was on it was in the eighties. So you know, <laughs> that's how I've long ago. I've only been watching it a few years, so I'm I'm not up on that. But listen, we're going to take our uh, we're going to take our next break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to dive a little bit more into all about Alan. So stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Did you ever have a sense of curiosity and wonder as a child? Have you traded that in for following the rules, conforming to the expectations of others, validating the status quo and getting it right? All of that is the perfect formula for doubting you. What if creating your life without judging you or your choices is closer than you think? Join the conversation with Tamara Yonker and Alan Jones, where you're invited to trust what you know to create, what you desire with more fun, more possibility, and more magic. On the Playground of Possibilities radio show, anything is possible and everything is play. Tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Hello, hello. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. 
Now back to the show. <laughs> okay, I got a little trigger happy there. I you are preparatory ejaculating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Did oh, I say that out loud? I think you did. I heard it. <laughs> Maybe no one else did. <laughs> and speaking of hearing... <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of hearing, Alan, you're, you know, you do contribute your voice to the world, and uh, you're doing it here on the Inspired Choices Network. You're doing the show for two years now, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, so that is on the Playground of Possibilities, if everyone was listening to the commercial, and that is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, uh, yeah. every Monday with Tamara Yonker. Alan, where else do you contribute your voice in the world? What what else are you doing, creating? I, I know you're a busy busy person all of the time, but what's up in your world right now? Up in my world right now is is kindness, um, <clears throat> and I'm really playing with the whole energy of what that is. As I, you know, as I've said, kind of through a couple of times throughout this, you know, my aim in life is to create a world where kindness prevails and judgment is obsolete. And one of the main motivators for me for that was, or, or kind of being able to articulate that was, was Tamara Yonker. So I am phenomenally grateful for her. And so the other week, basically I, I had this inspiration. I'm like, okay, so what can I create in the world that's never existed before that will actually invite and ignite and inspire more kindness in the world? And so uh, from the beginning of February, I'm launching these interviews that I'm doing with various different facilitators, both access and non-access consciousness people, just asking Mm -hmm. them for them, what is kindness for them? What inspires them? And each one of the people I interviewed so far, and I've I've got a load more kind of to be lined up, um, are sharing so many awesome insights and tools and things that we can do just to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to the world and inspire more kindness in the world so that's that's on that's called kick-ass kindness so for me it is about kick-ass kindness you know you talked earlier on about you know kindness is often the kind of the soft gentle whisper it absolutely is and sometimes it's the sun it's the i can get my teeth out the tsunami Mm -hmm. punch that's required to create the change and Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see everyone's take on, you know, their map. You know, let's talk about the map and the points of view, their map of what kindness is. So that's that's really up in my world at the moment is is the kick-ass kindness, which all goes live on the 1st of February. And interestingly, Delaney Delaney, who's a, um, a facilitator in in Australia, and I did create a 21-day program for that as well called Where Kindness Prevails. And it's just a very gentle way of getting people to start acknowledging what kindness can do for them in their life and where they can kind of use it to create more ease and more joy and create the life that they desire, you know, to follow their map rather than trying to use it to to follow somebody else's. So Mm. that's, that's really big for me at the moment is the whole kindness thing. That's awesome. That is fantastic. So is it is it a daily, like are you having a speaker each day or how is that going? So basically the, the videos are done so that they will go live every four days. 
So they start on okay. the 1st of February and the first interview is with Tamara Yonker. Um, and so, <laughs> woohoo. And she's offering in that, you know, just all of these awesome tools to, to start changing stuff in your life. And then, so, and then four days later, so to give you time to take in and just process for you and play with the tools that are offered in each of the interviews, you get four days and then another one will come. So we don't get kind of, you know, when you do these things, sometimes you use like a video every day and people are working and people have other priorities. And sometimes this stuff changes you or offers you such immense change that doing them day after day after day actually can be quite overwhelming especially if it's new to you to actually be kind to you so which mm-hmm. is why i'm spacing them out every four days just to give people that chance to really bask in that energy of kindness resplendent <laughs> in kindness right. and just really yeah really bathe in it and and soak it all up and play with it Lovely. That is wonderful. And we have the, um, well, of course, again, as I said, we will have the link to your website page in the write-up of this replay of this show. And we also have the Facebook page link so people can find what Alan is offering in the world um, now. Mm -hmm. Or if you're listening in the future, whatever new creations he is coming up with, you'll be able to find all of Alan on those two links. So, Alan, tell me, for you, what is important to you in the world in addition to kindness? Uh, chocolate. Um, <laughs> I love cake. Um, what else is important to me? <laughs> Sorry. Having fun. You know, having fun. It totally, totally is so important to have fun. Let's make it mini, mini from the significant. And, you know, what I get as well, what's fun for some people isn't necessarily fun for others. And just, and, you know, the joy. Yeah. <laughs> Something that occurred to me once was someone said to me, what's wrong with you? And I was perfectly happy. The fact that I just didn't have this, you know, insane grin on my face <laughs> from nine to five doesn't mean I'm not being happy. But um it it is for me when i look at the choices that i make in my life now it is always okay what would be fun for me to choose so if i feel myself going into you know i'm aware of feeling a little bit depressed or stressed there are a number of tools that i would go to most of the time it's not even mine but but fun for me is the key one i will only choose what is fun for me oh but how you know I, i can feel it already but how can paying taxes be fun actually do you know what for me paying taxes is fun because it means that i'm earning enough money to pay them and for years I didn't. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, wow, how much? And there you ask the question. Rather than concluding paying taxes is not going to be fun, you can ask the question, how can I make this more fun for me? And it may be right. that you get someone to sort your finances for you. It may, you know, you may you get a bookkeeper or someone or, or do a swap. It's like we don't have to, if you keep concluding you can't have fun with things that people have told you are serious, then it's like, that's that's where you start going into the, the stress and the depression and and thri- striving rather than thriving. How can mm-hmm. I make this for me? What can I choose in this ten seconds that would be kind and fun for me? That's so so fun. So is is fu- is fun kindness to us? Oh God, absolutely, and yeah, and you know, so the two are kind of intrinsically linked. And I I guess I've never really looked at it that way before. Um, yeah, you can't. Can you have fun without being kind to you? I don't know. I don't think the two are separable. 
you know, can you be kind to you without it being fun? Well, I suppose it depends on, on what your definition of fun would be. But for me, everywhere I realize I'm being kind to me actually is, is I have this sense of fun. Like, wow, do you know what? I've been really kind to me today. That's just such ease. That's such delight. That's such fun for me. Playground of Possibilities radio show. Playground. <laughs> life, what if, if your life was a playground, would you choose to sit in the, I mean, you may choose to sit in the corner and have no fun. And, you know, having fun doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it with other people. How much fun can you have on your own? You know, going for a walk, <laughs> is, you know, is, is fun. Going, you know, right. reading a book for me is fun. What's fun for you in this 10 seconds? Because, again, if we try to define what fun is, where are we cutting off the possibilities to have different kinds of fun? Food can be fun. Sex can be fun. Talking on your radio, on this radio station can be fun, <laughs> but it may not be for everyone. Some people have a sheer terror of speaking. Right, right. So, so, so Alan loves to have fun in the world. He is choosing kindness in everything he is doing. He is bringing his voice to the world with his kindness projects. What is your message to the world for 2017, Alan? <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> that's Big Bang in the background. Uh, <laughs> who's Big Ben? My message <laughs> oh, distractions. He I'm distracting myself. My message for people for twenty seventeen is Stop making yourself wrong. I really, really I I think that's just gotta be it in a nutshell is Make the demand of you, I invite you, I don't tell you to have to do it, I invite people in 2017 to stop making themselves wrong, or anyone else, just no, just stop making yourself wrong ever again. That's it, just make the demand of you, I invite you to make the demand of you, that when you find yourself you're doing it, stop, just stop, and then ask a question, what kindness can I be for me in this 10 seconds? What, what choice can I choose that's fun for me? Because then you're bringing in different energies into your life. So that would be my message for people is choose fun, choose kindness, and please, please, if I can invite you to anything, it would be to make the demand of you to stop making yourself wrong. You're not worthless, so you're not wrong, and you never have been, and you never will be, really. So you you mentioned the Being You book by Dr. Um, Dr. Jane here. Uh, yeah that was the book that was really a catalyst for you um mm. as it as it was for me it's it's funny how you can remember some moments in your life uh i remember the moment that i first listened to i i actually had it on audio and i was in the bath one of your favorite places to be and uh um i was listening to that book and i just started crying. I don't remember what the words were that he was saying. I just was crying and crying and I think it was the, the content of there's nothing wrong with you. There never yeah. has been. And mm -hmm. the acknowledgement of that and my body letting all of that energy go that I had been holding on so tightly to. So Alan, when you say ask people to stop making themselves wrong, asking the question, what would be fun for me, absolutely is a tool. What other tools can they use to learn to stop making themselves wrong? 
you know, for me, I'm all about the curiosity. So, um, you know, there are some tools from Access that I would, I would offer there. One of them is, you know, so first of all is, is it true that I'm wrong? And, you know, <laughs> Byron Katie, I know, uses that question too. You know, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true that you are wrong? And, you know, that would be one of the things I would offer is just ask yourself, actually, is it true? And it may really feel true for you. And that's that's perhaps where I might use the the access tool, you know, interesting point of view. I have that point of view that I'm wrong. That for me has been such a godsend. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view that I'm wrong. Um, that would be one I would offer. And um, there was something else that popped in my head there. Uh, might be who you know there is as well. There's who does that belong to? You know, who, how many people in the world feel wrong? How aware are we when other people feel that way? It's like, okay, so who does that belong to? Interesting point of view, I have that point of view. And the other one, again, it is another access consciousness tool. And it's, okay, so what is this? What is this wrongness I'm sensing? And I'm not looking for answers here. I'm just really curious. What is that wrongness? Mm. What can I do with where I'm at? Do I even desire to change it? Because, you know, in Access, they talk about what is this? What can I do with it? Can, can I, I change, change it? it? Yeah. And if so, how do I change it? I, I add another question in there. I have to be honest, because it's like, what is this? What can I do with it? And then I ask, do I even desire to do anything with it? Because it takes the whole pressure off me of having to change it. You know, we I have, love we some, that. Yeah, like I, we have I, I these. <laughs> It's fabulous, Ellen, because so many of us feel wrong that we we feel pressured that we have to change it. Yes, exactly. We look at it and go, you know, oh my God, oh my God, I think that I'm a complete arse and I shouldn't think I'm a complete arse. And like, okay, so stop. What if you? What if it's okay if you think you're a complete arse? What if it's okay to think that? And the thing is, I find that when I take the pressure off me to to have to change it, and I re re reclaim the choice of I can choose it or I don't. As Tamara Yonker says so often, you choose it until you don't. You know, you choose it until you don't. And there is no wrongness for how long it takes you to choose something different. You can just go, wow, I'm still choosing that. That's really interesting. What's that creating for me? Do I wish, to, do I truly... You know, what is it I value about making myself wrong? And again, just from curiosity, what is it that I value? I wonder. I wonder what that is. And I love mm. to add I wonder because it takes you out of your head. And like, I've had so many amazing insights just from, just from going from the space of wonder and curiosity. If I were truly being curious about kindness, what would that be? If I were truly being kind, curious about fun, if I were truly curious about what it is, where I've decided that I am wrong in any way where what what could show up for me what could what could be different what energy mm. could I be that would change this <sighs> yeah let's just take the pressure off people you know don't force oh my yourself God. to change if you don't want to really truly <laughs> like I'm so wrong because I'm, I'm so narcissistic. Like wow, okay, is, I'm not. <laughs> that is going to be my new. That's going to be my new favorite. I, I, honestly, that there is something huge in what you said there, Ellen. 
the, you know, we're telling people to not judge themselves, which is, is, is pushing. And, and first I could feel that, like, it's like, oh my God, I'm being wrong because I'm judging myself. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, do do I I desire to change that? No. Right now I'd like to be an asshole. I'm going to be an asshole right now. I'm choosing it. And Mm -hmm. you know what? If you don't like it, you know, bite my toe. Like I. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bite me. And. And you know, we, we part. You know, we've got to be willing to receive everything our choice creates. And you know, so we can look at it and go, okay, if I do keep choosing this, you know, what's that going to create in my life and and contribute to the people around me? So again, this is not from a space of judgment. It's just from a space of just being curious and willing to be aware of it. So mm-hmm. if I get the like, if I if I choose to commit suicide now, what's that actually going to create in the world? Is it going to be a kindness for everyone around me? Oh my God! You know what? It's not, and I'm not willing to be that unkind. It's not to say that I would never commit suicide. I'm, you know, in this ten seconds, that's not what I'm choosing. I'm nowhere near choosing mm-hmm. that. And it's not to say that I wouldn't choose it in the future. Who knows? But in this, you know, in that ten seconds, that was what saved me. Was wow. What saved me? It's what changed for me was not making mm-hmm. myself wrong for wanting to have for wanting to choose it. I've never made right. myself from effort. That's that's actually that's something I've never acknowledged. I've never made myself wrong for having been on the on the edge of suicide. Wow. Right. That you know what, Alan? We could have a, an entire conversation <laughs> around that. I did a, a series a series with one of our um, hosts, Janine Youngworth, all about suicide, and um, that that the the judgments that's layered in there is huge. Mm-hmm. And and I I remember one time that I was right at the edge, and and I had a dear friend say to me, "It's okay if that's what you're going to choose." And yeah, I I was like, "What?" And it changed everything for me that kindness that she was being in the moment of being an allowance of whatever I chose and you know as you've said throughout the show you know being that kindness and being an allowance of ourselves changes everything everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alan thank you so much for today and and thank you so much for the contribution you are in the world, on the station, playing, and and being all of you. It's absolutely a huge, huge gift to each and every one of us. And, uh, you know, the uh, Inspire Choices Network is very privileged to have you on again in two hours. So how does it get any better than this? It's all about Alan Day. (laughs) It is all about me. And, you know, I'm so grateful to to play with you, Christine, and and that you provide this this awesome kind kind of, space for us to kind of come and share with people so thank you and thank you to all your fabulous producers who who support you too so yeah thank you for listening to the open mic spotlight radio show we will be here monday wednesday and friday at 9 a.m eastern standard time 8 a.m central 7 a.m mountain and 6 a.m pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com we hope you'll join us Until then, continue to create you with joy and inspiration.